Hello and welcome to the South Coast Football League. No football, unfortunately, this weekend. We might get one game in, but uh, for the majority, not much football going on. So we thought we'd change the potty up a little bit differently this week. We've got an international, I would say, guest coming on the pod this week for a little chat with us. His name's Alex Goldbraith from the United States of America, currently playing with the South Coast Flame locally. Alex, welcome along, mate. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. American football are playing locally here for the Flame at the moment. You're studying at University of Wollongong at the moment. For those who don't know you, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Uh, well, I'm from. I was born in Minnesota, um, so I'm used to the cold there. And then I live in Cincinnati now, and found my way down here, finishing my last year of uni, and uh, playing my football for the Flame. Minnesota and Cincinnati. What's better? What city's better? You reckon? Uh, well. I like Ohio. You can get outside year-round and train. Maybe not you guys. You know, the zero degrees probably uh, freeze you guys. But yeah, getting outside on the synthetic pitches and playing year-round, it's not bad. So how was it like growing up in Cincinnati? Cincinnati, how was it like growing up around there? Uh, in Cincinnati, it's good. There's a good level. Um, there's a lot of, well, now they have the new MLS team, FC Cincinnati. And then I'll grow, I grew up most of my life in Minnesota. So I played for Shattuck St. Mary's Development Academy. So we'd go and play all the MLS sides. And their academy so it's really really good football um good level over there and great facilities that's the one thing i think the biggest difference is just the facilities that we have over there and compared to here mm, yeah like for those who don't know who haven't been to the states maybe uh in comparison to let's say one pitch in the Illawarra down here uh, there's a lot more synthetic fields around where you where you are at the moment isn't there yeah there's five within a five minute walk so, you know, open all the time to the public and go whenever. So definitely a great place to go train in that. Well, there you go. It's a bit of a good, I, I can imagine it would have been a bit of a culture shock for you when you came out here the first time and you're not, you, you, you're used to all these facilities or anything. You come out here and I'm pretty sure the first time you came out was only when the first synthetic pitch got built around here. Yeah, I think I came out, what was it, 2019 before COVID and it was like three months it just got done or whatever or something like that. It's just yeah. just recent, and it was. Mm. I was like, "Oh, this is nice." And I was expecting to see more, and I'm like, "Oh, there's only one. <laughs> where, where are the others?" <laughs> well, it's all right. The club you picked is the one who plays from it, anyway. In terms of footballing idols, though, growing up in the US, who'd you grow up idolizing? Was it someone from the Premier League? Was it someone from the MLS? Was it an American player? Was it a European-based player? I doubt it would have been an Australian player, but who who'd you grow up idolizing in the football world? I'd say Frank Lampard, um, being a West Ham and fan and I kind of followed Chelsea a bit just because of him as well I'd say he was a main guy I always followed and then as well in the MLS um, there's a guy I used to play for Columbus Crew um, that's my team I go for um, Guillermo Barroscoloto little number 10 Argentinian guy so good so good on the ball technical and I like to I pride myself as being a technical player so definitely something I uh, aspire to be and watched a lot of him growing up and then coming from the states you came out here like i said early in 2019 and uh you moved to south coast flame for a little bit before heading back home you came out about three years ago went back to america before COVID here how are you liking it out here at the moment obviously so you, it must be good enough for you to come back obviously after COVID, but uh how are you liking it it's uh it's good i mean i was meant to come what i was gonna finish a year of school and then come back again but then obviously COVID kind of changed the plans a bit and I've had to do a lot of different things in the U S which I'll 
touch on later, I guess, but it's good. Um, the weather's been interesting since I've been here. Lots of rain for the month and a half that I've been here, but uh, great people, great food, uh, great place to be. I mean, every place you go and train, there's like beautiful landscapes around. I'm like half the time I'm sitting there and I'll rock up the training like, wow, that's a nice place we're training at. Can't complain about this. <laughs> so. Yeah, the scenery is a bit different around here. A lot more green, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, not as not as dry, especially when I first left. It was, you know, negative five Celsius back home, and it was snowing every other day. And then I come here, and I'm like, oh, sixties or sixty Fahrenheit for me, or twenty Celsius for you guys. I'm like, this is nice. It's not cold at all. I'm loving <laughs> this. It's rare, you know, both Fahrenheit and Celsius. It's uh, that's impressive, uh, but. You oh, I, still, on... I still struggle. Don't, you don't need to give me that. I struggle with the Celsius. Don't worry. I won't, quiz, I won't do a math quiz for you. Uh, you were stuck in America when COVID hit, though. Obviously, you came back before, not expecting it to you know, balloon the way it ballooned. Uh, what was it like over there, obviously, at the start? So you came over there expecting to come back. And little did you know, it would be another two, three years until you come back. Yeah. So I went back, played a year of... Uh college we call our university in ncaa at saginaw valley in michigan and then middle of our spring season so like it's kind of split into middle of the spring season just got called off everybody kind of got sent home so i went home and then lucky for me um there was a local league that was still playing so i played in the ovpl um there's a great guy brandon who organized all that so i played in that i played like a year and a half in that um, with two different clubs because one of the clubs ended up folding um, just with funding but it was good a lot of college guys joined into that because their college teams weren't playing so I mean we I ended up winning the league we I think we only tied one game we won like nine and one the 10 game mini season they had during COVID and it was good um, and then went off to go play and train with a pro indoor team um, the Kansas City Comets um, great, great times with those guys. Um, my mate Benji, I just had on my store yesterday, just scored a insane goal in the playoffs. I didn't see that. Yeah. Don't don't know how he's done that. Don't know why you do that in the middle of a playoff game. But what can I say? He's a he's a special character. That one. But it's a great environment over there, and I've really found ways just to stay sharp and fit during that crazy COVID period. I guess. Do you remember the? the day when you know COVID first hit and things started to get real over there obviously I remember the day it happened over here it was around when the uh, F1s were down here and then they called it off on the Friday and that was really the day when it really hit us here obviously the whole world experienced lockdowns and everything like that but you guys in particular had a lot of cases a lot of cases over the over the two years in in terms of being in America living in America at that time what was it like when it first hit I mean, I remember, so I was in my dorm, um, well, the apartment with the three other guys and we were meant to have weights. Um, and then we had like a fitness session and we got the call at like, I think weights were at nine 30 and we got a call at like eight 30 saying everything shut down, stay where you are. More information will be told later. And then about an hour after that, we were told to go clean out our lockers because we weren't going to be allowed in the building afternoon like noon o'clock noon it was just shutting down so we had to go in with masks on clean everything out luckily i mean it's, it's been crazy like i haven't ever had covid none of my family's had it but i've known a lot of people who have gotten it and it's yeah it's crazy it's so common over there and to be honest they probably should take a bit more precautions even still but it's just the whole mindset thing that's that's different yeah, yeah it's it's 
starting to become like that over here you know every second person you know has COVID over here but with regards to America I mean it was it was a bit like that in terms of you know other people getting COVID knowing people who had COVID much earlier than what it was over here before you know vaccine rollouts blah 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 when it first hit and when it was first seen very dangerous obviously it's mutated a bit now it's not as dangerous I'm not a health expert but um yeah in terms of in terms of uh, after you know you got that got that call saying you have to clean out your lockers and everything like that uh what happened after that so um i stayed up there for a bit we could stay in the apartment for a bit so i stayed up there and then i ended up coming back down to cincinnati i think i was up there because we could still train outside a little bit on the grass fields just individually in our apartment kind of groups um, so we did that for a bit and then I ended up coming back home and when I came back home, I was meant to stay cause like I changed states from Michigan to Ohio. So I had to stay home on like our property for like, uh, I think it was seven days, six, seven days or something at the time. And we don't have a big, you know, we don't have a big yard. So I couldn't really do much training. Lucky for me, we at least have a treadmill and a little mini gym in the basement. So I could still do some stuff to at least stay sane during that time. Yeah um but yeah then then you're allowed to do anything we my dad and i would go my dad who played with alfredo who coached at the wolves um we'd go train we'd go do stuff go for runs stay sharp because he teaches and he wasn't doing anything either because all the schools were shot mm, yeah that's it was a bit crazy so you, you was a uh, obviously i'm not too familiar with how you know the ins and outs of what happened in america and that but were you guys locked down for a bit and then you just got let loose again or it was a soft lockdown is what i'll call it like yeah. you were encouraged to lock down um my mom basically she didn't go to work for i think three weeks she then after that she's worked the entire time in the office she three works weeks. for a healthcare wow. company so yeah like it was really only like a three-week window of like oh if you can stay home stay home but other than that the gyms have been open. I think the gyms were shut for maybe a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And then like there'd be, there'd be situations where there'd be 200,000 cases in Ohio, gyms still open, leagues still going on. Yeah, like they, it's a real different approach. Not that I think it's a great approach because I've known a lot of people have gotten quite sick from it, but yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, I'm just thinking because the first time we went, we went to the lockdown until probably June or July and then like we had way less cases than you guys did as well we, you guys probably got more cases in one day than what we had in the entire time almost but there was yeah there was yeah. one point i think it was near like before your first, like your second big lockdown i think at one we were at the number of cases we had in a day were more than you had for like a year mm. it was crazy like it's it was really it really interesting <laughs> yeah yeah oh look different approaches Whatever, whoever wants to be the judge of those approaches it doesn't matter but um yeah like i think about it our second lockdown was bigger than our first lockdown we thought the first lockdown once that was done we thought that was the end of it but yeah it came back to bite us real quickly put it that way but um yes yeah, so about three weeks you were locked down for a bit so did college resume straight away after that or how long was it until college resumed um we stayed online for the rest of the, the term. So our term ended in May. So kind of when COVID hit, they just said, all right, stay online, no worries. And then it was summer break. And then it picked back up somewhat online, somewhat in the in-person, I guess, in the fall. Yeah. Uh, I just did everything online from home because I could play because there still wasn't a season. Mm. So I could still just stay home and play in the local league. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what I ended up doing. But and a lot of guys ended up staying different places. I know our guy, guys had to leave the country. I mean, we had a guy who's from Queensland who came back and couldn't leave. Yeah. And then a couple guy from Brazil, a guy from Canada. Um, so getting back in was a big issue for them as well. Yeah. So what did, what did they do? Uh, they, they did everything online. They ended up getting back in because the U.S. eased its restrictions for student visas and that a lot sooner than you guys did. Mm. But, yeah, they, they were uh, a, lot of, a lot of desperate messages trying to figure out how they can get in and that, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So the main uh, area, obviously, you're thinking about you're from the, America, the, uh, the United States of America. You're living in Australia at the moment. I want to get your opinion on the difference between football or soccer in America and Australia. What do you reckon is the biggest difference between America and Australia when it comes to football at the moment? Oof, that's a tough one. From your experience. Um, from my experience in, in the league I played in with the Flame, I think at least the first time I was down here, because we've only had a couple games this time around, but I'd say... At the even at the younger ages, there's a lot more training. So when you look at even SAP kids um, who I'm helping out with now, and then the youth grade, like they'll train four days a week in the in the good academies like Flame or like Wolves would be. You train four days a week and play two games on the weekend. So at that younger ages, you're getting there's so many more touches on the ball. I definitely think that's something the U.S. does do quite a bit better is getting that exposure. Um, there's also a lot of, it's changed since I've been in it at the younger ages. Um, it's like, no, like you don't have to pay to play. So they've eliminated that quite a bit. Mm. I mean, there's still certain clubs that you're obviously paying money for, but if you're good enough at a, a good club, you don't have to pay. Yeah. Um, and then at the adult level, the, the men's level, I'd say you guys almost have a bit of a step up. I really like the system here compared to the U S one of my friends plays in the new MLS next pro league. And just, I was talking to a couple of clubs there as well, which I think will be like third, fourth division. It's kind of a weird structure how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's your full-time job, which is good. Like imagine playing football full-time, can't complain, but they don't really have the pay for it. Yeah. So you're getting, let's say 20 grand, 25 grand a year. They're putting you up in an apartment, but like, how do you live off of that with mm, all your you know, another, expenses? Almost another job. Yeah, except you train middle of the day. So it's actually, there was a funny stat that I was reading the other day. It's the league with the most Uber and Lyft drivers. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of them do that. A lot of them start like do, you know, a bit of coaching as well. But yeah, so I'd say the structure here, how you can work your job, you train at night, you play or you do uni play kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great setup to be fair. I really, good if you're really think in... that's something. It'll work good if you're in college or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, no, that's a bit, that's a bit interesting. So in, in that league, do people, you know, play in that league have any other part-time jobs or something? Like, do they work at, you know, a bar or cafe or something like that in the night, you know, to, to get a bit, a bit yeah, of extra some, cash? Some do, some do. Some, I mean, if you're a better player, you might get a bit more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't necessarily need to, it's like the pro indoor. There's a lot of guys, it's like a six month season. So they train in the mornings and they go do quite a bit of coaching in the evening. That tends to be the thing that they do. There's a couple of guys with some business jobs, real estate, that kind of thing. So it all depends. Um, but yeah, most of them, at least in pro indoor and some of those lower 
you know, third, fourth division in the U.S. They'll have little side, side part-time things that yeah. they do as well. Yeah. I got okay. One thing that's come to my head as well: how high schools are set up over there in comparison to over here. I think about it. When playing for the high school soccer team, I probably we probably only play like three or four games an entire season. What is it? What is it like over there in comparison? Is it a lot more full on? So I actually have two perspectives on that because the first high school I went to, um, we didn't play in the high school league mm-hmm. because we recruited kids from all over. Cause we were like we were linked with all the MLS academies, so we played. We travel twelve hours on a bus, play two a game Saturday, a game Sunday, drive home or we tra- travel all around the US, well, Midwest, we go to California and Florida and play a 10 month season. So I did that for my first, I did that from eighth grade through year 11. And then we moved to Ohio, um, my senior year of high school. So after that, I played a year of true high school soccer where we'd start the season in August and we ended November. So we train three days a week. The other two days would be game days. So it tended to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday training, Tuesday, Thursday games. Um, I mean, it was fun, like representing your your high school. I mean, you've done it a bit, but not to the extent. Not it was to the good. extent I mean, of that, no way. <laughs> playing playing under the light, seven o'clock game. We wouldn't even train. It was fun. No, it was it was really good. The guys, some of the guys, are great guys. I still keep in touch with a couple of them. I think one of my one of my mates, um, he was our backup keeper at the time he was only a ninth grader at the time he might come down and come down for a visit um, he's, he's keen to come down maybe get a couple of training sessions in or something so yeah he's he's a good guy so still keep in touch with all those guys bring the plane down yeah but um yeah so that's uh on top of that that's pretty full on for a high school did you have a club outside of that on the weekends or was that it so it's it's interesting how they structure it so you have the high school season so the club doesn't start till after the high school season oh, okay so, so that's kind of how it's yeah so like we basically august to early november then like that very next week club picked up i think we had a tournament in north carolina two weeks after that and we played until may and then college started in august so like you had that little break and in that middle time, I played with a USL League Two side, which would be, well, it was third division. Now they've added more leagues in there. Um, so I was training and playing with them, Cincinnati Dutch Lions. Um, I was like the youngest youngest guy on the team, just straight out of high school. The rest of them were like, you know, seniors, juniors in college. But it was a good, like, so I was I basically straight on from there. I've not had much of a break until COVID really hit. So it was kind of crazy for me. Mm. So it looks like you're starting, like America's starting to get those system, systems in terms of professional leagues and everything, which um, is something we've definitely lacked over here at the moment. I look at America and the MLS over there, it's growing and buzzing. It's a completely opposite over here with the A-League at the moment. Why is that? Why do you reckon that's the case from what you've seen? Uh, I'd say funding. Like the funding that they're starting to pump into MLS. And a lot of it is the whole okay, yeah, there's no promotion relegation. When you buy a team, you're buying a franchise through the league. Like, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But they've also done a good job at marketing to the fans, bringing in players who fans do want to see. But not just old. Like, initially, it was, we're, okay, we're going to bring in Beckham. We're going to bring in all these older players, which, don't get me wrong, I'd still love to see. I got to see Lampard play. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. bad. But, and Beckham played back in the day when he first came. Like, mm-hmm. I came one thing his third ever game for LA Galaxy or yeah. something like that. But 
now they're bringing in these young, exciting players who they're bringing out of South America who actually make the game good. And it's, it's turned the whole league upside down. It's fans are crazy building new stadiums. I mean, I think Austin and Texas, which is not a big soccer area, I'd say they just sold out their 32nd or whatever home game in a row or some number like that. Mm. And to think that's a team that only started two years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a crazy market. Well, the main difference I'm thinking of that straight away, you said Lampard, Beckham, the older, more high-profile players came out to play. We had the same with Heskey, Del Piero, and Shinji Ono who played for the Japanese um, national team. The difference between the two countries from what I see is you guys actually went on with the buzz around that. You guys pushed on and started developing. We did, and we went backwards. Like, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we've expanded the salary cap quite a bit as well because we are it is a cap league um how much you can pay players in that mm-hmm. but they've really started to get creative even yeah. if inner miami if you're aware of what happened with them they paid an extra guy a designated player spot they just had an extra player and nobody realized it until halfway through the year and it was a whole, whole mess back in the group down there yeah, they still couldn't win they still didn't make playoffs even with that, <laughs> but yeah no nah, so it's uh, funding and they're talking about expanding the salary cap even more and now they've added a second division so what it will be is they're like their second sides will travel with the first team so the first team if they play on like a saturday the second team will play on like the sunday so you can kind of drop some guys who didn't get minutes to play in those second team games so it's really growing the development of younger players because mm-hmm. before they just get drafted out of college and they get sent on loan and get forgotten about now they can stay involved in the system in the setup so it's really good. They've really done a good job there, I think. Mm. Well, that's the way they're doing in our sport. You know, drafts might be useful in, you know, sports like basketball and stuff like that, but it's completely different with the, with the sport like we've got right here. But um, MLS, there's a lot of teams in there now. There's two Western... There's a Western and Eastern Conference, isn't there? Yeah, there's a Western East. I can't remember the exact number of teams. Charlotte just came into the year or the league this year, so I can't can't remember the exact number but yeah there's quite a few i think there's i want to say 13 in each conference yeah 12 or 13 something like that um so yeah it's it's expanding i think they want to get up to 40 teams by after the usa world cup so yeah 2026 so So, it'll be be interesting i know there's some potential markets i know las vegas might they have a usl team they Mm. might get a mls team Um, sacramento St. Louis is adding one next year. They're already confirmed in. Um, their second team started this year. So I think they just signed uh, Roman Berkey or whatever, um, the old Dortmund keeper. Yeah. He signed to be one of their, um, well, one of their big key players. So mm. they've already made good signings and they'll, they'll be a good team, I think. I'd, yeah. I'd expect them to hit the ground running. Mm. In terms of exposure, you know, obviously a lot of people say about the a-league down here there's not enough exposure down here we've got to compete with nrl afl blah 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 but you guys over there have to compete with the nfl the nba two of the biggest sporting leagues in the world to the ufc almost to an extent now because that's growing but yet you guys are still growing booming i don't understand i don't understand is there something you guys are doing that we're not because we're going backwards you guys are going forwards in terms of promotion and marketing in that so being a business you know management and marketing person in uni i can definitely speak to that but did i <laughs> i would i would say 
an interesting thing. I did a project on it at my old uni was how to keep people engaged in the sport. So in the US, the biggest problem is at age 12. So from zero to 12, the highest sport played is soccer or football, right? That's me too. Yeah. And then there's this big shift where people just lose interest because it becomes so expensive. There's not many avenues to go. So a lot of times these big clubs will now market to the young kids and to the parents and make it affordable to go to games. Like you can go to a Columbus crew game or FC Cincinnati game. You can get a family pack of four and it would be $35, 40 bucks, $10 yeah. a ticket, de- decent seats. Yeah. But I think that plus the outreach they've really done, getting involved in the community, breaking through some of that noise of NBA, NFL, and then just the pure population we have. Like we have so many people that- That's a big thing that you guys got going for, yeah. And the ethnic communities reaching out. Initially, MLS did a terrible job with the ethnic communities because we're obviously, we have people from all over the world in Mm. the US. Um, So getting those communities involved in it that might be more keen to soccer than NFL, NHL, you know, basketball, baseball, those kind of sports. So I think that's a big thing they've done as well, where you guys, I see the A-League numbers. I haven't been to an A-League game yet. I'm keen to get to one soon, but it's just not, like you see the videos and you're like, where is everybody? I mean, no we'd be there. watching it in the US and like, there's nobody at these games. No, no. And I I, I take an example of myself the other night, the Matildas played New, New Zealand the other night. The most well-known women's football side in the country or women's sporting team in the country i didn't even know they were playing until i saw the result at the end there's a lot of a-league games where i like the case like i'm a sydney fan i follow all these accounts i don't know that they're playing until the game's done yeah exactly like the social media behind i follow sydney fc western sydney all them on socials and i see it and i'm like there's nothing posted you know what i mean like in the U.S., they'll be building up. Columbus Crew will have videos all throughout the week, promoting mm. the game on the weekend. Supporter sections will post everything about it. March to the match, pre-match, you know, tailgate kind of thing. It's it's massive. It's mm. really, that's a big difference is how they approach promoting the game. I think not only that, mainstream media as well doesn't cover it as much over here. Is it like that over there as well? I mean, you could turn on Sports Center and you see one clip about soccer. So, yeah, I'd say... They need to do a better job. It's still um, growing. I like, think, yeah, yeah, through the streaming networks, it's getting better. Like I know Paramount Plus now has all the um, Champions League games. So for us, that's how we watch those. They've done well. Um, all the MLS games are streamed on ESPN Plus, um, which you guys don't have here, but I can still use my VPN yeah. and watch all those MLS games. But yeah. yeah, so I think they've done a good job at starting to get the tv deals right i think they're up for a new one soon so i yeah. think that'll be interesting how they deal with that yeah yeah i just it, it was a bit of end to the relationship but when the a-league was peaking around that 2013 2014 fox was the main uh the main way to watch the games it was the only way to watch the games i think and I think the Wild Wanderers at Parramatta Stadium, they were just buzzing and everything like that. And you just look at it now and you just think, oh, God, take me back. But, all right, so we've had a decent chat about the difference between the two countries. I'll go to yourself now. So you grew up in Minnesota. Who did you play for again? I think you mentioned it a minute ago. Um, so I grew up playing for, well, initially I played, my dad started a, a little club 
in the area. So from until under, was it under 12? So I played there. Just a select group of guys who actually some of them went like most of us went on to play college soccer. If not, I think there's well Mike Mike um, Vang who joined us for a year. He's playing in the MLS Next Pro League. Um, so I played there. Then I went to the Minnesota Thunder Academy. Um, played there for three years, and then I played at Shattuck St. Mary's, which was a high school and a development academy program mm-hmm. linked together. Yeah. So I was at the time there was only two other, well. Myself and Tony, who was the other eighth grader, and we were playing under 16s. Um, so job. we were the youngest boys in the t- youngest boys in the team. We were 13 at the time, playing with guys who were as old as juniors in high school, so year 11. Um, so it was a big physical step up. I've never been a big, big lad as you, you've known me in person. I'm not, still <laughs> not a, still not a big guy, um, but I think that really shaped the way I've grown up playing, um, having to deal with playing against faster, stronger players and still, you know, trying to outthink them, using my brain to beat them because obviously I don't, didn't have the size at the time. Yeah. You're a midfielder at the moment. Were you always a midfielder? Um, I was talking about this this morning with one of the guys. <laughs> so I, um, I, I've always been, yeah, a central midfield player, but there were bits and pieces where, oh, you're going to play out wide. You know, when I first got there, I played a bit of false nine even. Yeah, play right. with like a false nine and two wingers who like to get in behind. So I'd come get on the ball, lay little passes off the guys who get played through. Um, I'd play a bit out wide, mostly on the right, just whipping balls in the box. We had a big uh, six foot six uh, striker, just loved loved a good header and crouchy deliveries. My delivery, I I back my delivery. It's one of my uh, my attributes that I back. So yeah, he he loved me. He was like the the big man and the little man. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm just trying to think it. Think about you standing up next to a six foot six guy because that's taller than me i would have been like five foot four five foot three at the time oh jeez. we even did the, the little lion king celebration one time he's like oh we got to do it <laughs> uh, it's good value yeah oh can you imagine because if, if aussies do that they get absolutely slaughtered by everyone it's a tall poppy syndrome we call it where they just like to chop down the guys doing so well up the top you guys praise them yeah oh it's a we almost drive the ego a bit too much that's the one (laughs) thing i'd say about about the americans is like when you're doing well they really they really get behind you and then when you're not doing well that's when they'll chop you down yeah yeah so it's it's even in high school though like you'd have a good game everybody be talking about you that week yeah oh that'd be the best going back to class the best like even even the cooks so like we had a giant dining hall you could go in and they'd have like food for like you'd have food all you can eat but they'd like serve you they would be serving you even more stuff than what you normally get you have a bad week you don't get anything that's hilarious it's it it's like you're basically professional right from the get-go because everyone would watch you wouldn't they yeah they'd all come out to games and then we'd go watch the hockey games as well the ice hockey um because they'd play and i think they they were national champions many times at the youth level when i was there I'm still good friends with many of the guys. They play NHL and that now. Um, but yeah, they'd come to our games. They'd be on the sidelines, like a supporter section, just giving it to the other team. Couldn't couldn't use any uh, bad language. Still frowned upon by the school that, but uh, yeah. uh, they were they were giving it to the other team. It was it was good. Like you'd probably have 200 people at a at a high school soccer game for the DA. Maybe yeah, 100 200 people. Yeah. Compared to here, I mean, you know. That's how much you get in seniors games. Yeah, exactly. I think there might be more people there than flame games these days. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly right. It's, there's a few, there's a few senior games where you don't get anyone. And it's just like, what's the point? But um, yeah, we'll touch on the, your bit of a bit of your time at the Flame. So, you, like we said earlier, you came originally in 2019 to play for the Flame, and uh, yeah, we played together your first game. You do you remember it? I do. Central Coast away. Um, it was uh, Toru's first game as well. The Japanese. It was. Yeah. Why we had. Yeah, I played in the middle with him. Should have won it. Twenties. Oh, we should have. I missed, Top a, of the missed a good chance in that second half. But you scored You scored a bond too. I did. I scored with my left foot. Yeah, man of the match. 20 yards out. Man of the match on the debut. But I still, I snatched that one with the right foot from about 20 out second half. Like, oh, looking back on that, I still say, oh, should have scored that. Should have won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, beautiful. I, I was like, when I rocked up there, when we got up there, I'm like, this this feels so nice. Like that the grass. Nice. I'm like, oh, this is, this is beautiful. The nice little stand. I'm like, I think I still have a picture of it on my phone myself. I know I do. And he's like, that's where you're playing? I'm like, yeah, Dad, it's a nice, nice little field. He's like, oh, I wish. Yeah, well, that was really, I remember lying down on the pitch at the end of the game. It was dead set like carpet, no itches, no nothing. It was a plum park. Yeah, no bounces. It was just smooth. I'm like, I love this. Being a tactical great. guy, playing it on the ground. Oh, oh it's perfect. It, 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 it was smoother than a synthetic field. Oh, it was. And like, it just, oh, so good. Body felt good playing. Mm. Good good way to start off uh, the flame uh, the flame career, you could say. It was even better as well because the sun was out, but the there's trees surrounding the ground. So the shadows would come over anyway. It'd just be perfect conditions. Yeah, like, oh, my, one of my favorite games I think I've ever played in was that. Just, I don't think you can get a better environment to play mm. in. Just, nice and oh, perfect perfect weather perfect everything yeah i remember it was top of the table we played against i think central Coast were top of the table at the time and the goal we conceded was a little crappy goal too and it was just like oh no way it like bobbled around i think a bit yeah it was a yeah it was crap i remember that yeah it was, it was no it was no fun but uh why did you come to the flame originally so i was actually um so I was talking, my dad's good, played with Alfredo, Minnesota Thunder back in the day. Um, he's like, I'll oh, come down, just come down. I was meant to be down here for a month and a half, two months, just coming down, training with the Wolves. So I trained with the Wolves 20s for a fair bit um, before I even joined the Flame. And I trained with Bulleye um, back when uh, Bales was there. He was the yeah. coach at the time. And then I trained with Terawana a couple times as well. And then Benny Lucas, he was coaching with the Wolves sat, I think, under nines at the time. He's like, oh, I just come to training once with us. So he, he messaged uh, Pinoza about it. He's like, yeah, sure, just bring him out. No worries, he can come train. Within the first ten minutes of training, I got brought aside by uh, I think Neil and him. I remember that. I remember you coming, yeah. And he's like, oh, you're. Uh... I'm like, I'm only here for another three weeks. He's like, can you change your flight? I'm like, well, let me uh, finish training, get home, call my parents, and change the flight. But yeah, crazy. No, that was unreal. It was a good little guest signing from us. But after the few years break, you did come back to the Flame about a month and a half ago. Has there been much change uh, at the Flame since you were last there? Uh, there's, there's been a lot of change. Um, and good, good and bad. Uh, I think you need to keep the squad a bit rotation, you know, rotating. You can't always have the same players. But I think there's only two guys left from when I was last there, which is kind of crazy to me. Mm. I think it's Maddie, Maddie Mazewski and then Danny Lucas are the only two um, guys left in first grade, at least, when I was last there. 
so yeah, there's been a fair fair few changes in the side. Great guys though. Can't complain about it. Oh, some real real characters in that team. Matty Mazeski, yep. <laughs> Get lift with him to training, so I can't talk too bad about him, but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nah, that that that'd be that'd be a, an interesting car, I'd put it that way. Uh, in the work van. Driving in the work van with Maddie. All good. Unreal, unreal. Last question for you. So what have you enjoyed the most about playing in Australia? What has been the your favorite part? I actually it's gonna sound a bit weird, but I love just going to the different places. Like oh, traveling no, all around, playing all. playing playing these games, seeing you see a lot of Australia through just going to different pitches, you know, even the canteens, everything, it's all cultural based. And it's like I think we played uh, just going to all these different, I don't know, grounds and seeing what they're serving, you know, talking to the people. They can find out I'm American right away, just obviously listening to me. So they always have a, questions, comments. Yeah. Oh, what's it like over in the U.S.? Oh, do you guys have this? Oh, what make you, what made you come over here? So it's just those little things. And you meet so many people. You never know who you're going to come across. There was one lady. We were up at Camden in a trial match. She's like, oh, my, uh, my nephew goes to school in i think columbus like which is in ohio it's only like two hours I'm like what a small world you wouldn't think mm. you know all the way here in australia that her nephew goes to school and two hours away from where i am in the u.s yeah so it's just you i mean you wouldn't think to run across somebody like that so it's just funny little little things you come across look when you say you enjoy traveling to different places i doubt you're talking about granville western sydney right i haven't been there yet where Western Rage plays? Uh, we played them home, luckily. Uh, we'll lucky. have to go there later. Yeah, we played, yeah. uh, played Rydalmere trial match. They have a pretty good synthetic there. But yeah, some of the, the difference I'd say is I love in the US, we take buses, like coach buses everywhere. Yeah. So like you wouldn't, you know, you're just as a team. So you travel as a team. That That's enjoyable. In the car, it's a bit, it's a bit of a drive sometimes. You're like, oh. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit in a car, you know, it's just a bit boring. But in the team bus, oh, that, those were the days back growing up, these long bus trips. So I don't mind the hour and whatever drive up to Sydney. It's like, oh, well, I've driven five hours to go play a match the same day at certain times. So you're like, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. No, uh, great chat. Great chat. Really enjoy this chat. There's a lot of, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of little things that uh, the hierarchy in Australian football can listen to and uh, take on board with regards to how successful America has been. But uh, great local insight from uh, the adopted uh, Aussie, Mr. Alex Goldbraith. Thanks very much for coming on, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been good. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. And uh, uh, I believe there's a couple of Americans tuning in, if I'm not mistaken, from the uh, other side of the planet. I got it. I got to give him a bit of a, bit of a shout out. So there's an over uh, 40 league that my dad plays in. They always play pickup on Tuesday, Thursdays at lunchtime. So he's going to share it with some of them. And they're going to, I was training with a bit with them, just playing a bit of fun pickup. So uh, got to say hi to them and uh, give them a good shout out there. Look, we're going global, global reach, global reach. You got to love it. Uh, but um, to everyone far abroad, locally thanks for listening and uh hopefully we'll catch you next week for some actual uh actual games to go ahead